Thank you for downloading this episode of the 155 Podcast, the public records interview series of all candidates in Hamilton's 2018 municipal election. For more election coverage, visit thepublicrecord.ca where you can sign up for our City Hall newsletter. Episode 39, Jay Edington, running for Hamilton-Wentworth District School Board Trustee in Ward 6, recorded on August 28, 2018. Jay Edington. You're running for Ward 6 Public School Trustee. Welcome to the Public Records, the 155 podcast. Thank you, Joey, for having me. First of all, tell us, who are you? I'm running for Ward 6 Public School Board Trustee, and who am I is I'm a mother of six girls, five of them which go to Ward 6 schools. I am a nurse by profession, and I'm wanting to do some good work for Ward 6 and helping to make schools safe and equitable for everyone. Why are you running? The reason is I want to be the community advocate for Ward 6, and not just Ward 6, but also for the entire city, too, for public school board. And like I said, there's a lot of work that has to be done in schools to keep our children safe and to have equity and equality for everyone. I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done in our schools to keep students safe, to keep education workers safe, and to make it equitable for everyone. I also feel that I'm a trustee who's pretty progressive. And I think that we, I think the, tr- the school board needs to take progressive stands, especially in times of today. How have you contributed to your school community and education in Hamilton? I have different levels of contributions in the community in Hamilton and different levels of education. A lot of my work comes, comes from community work and labor work and other types of work. In my community background, I was a co-chair of one of the neighborhood hubs. And with being part of the Neighborhood Hub, I was able to successfully complete the Neighborhood Leadership Institute program. I was actively involved in the Neighborhood Action Strategies. I was actively involved with the Neighborhood Grant Programs, trying to find funding for resident-led initiatives to develop in the community and in the city. With being part of the community hubs, you work closely and in partnership with different community service providers across the city, such as Parks and Rec and City of Hamilton and Mohawk College and McMaster Public Health. So I've done a lot of that kind of community work. I also presented uh, a delegation to the Hamilton District School Board on anti-racism, anti-oppression initiatives in the process of liaising with board staff on school community training through Hamilton District Labor Council initiative called Shutdown Hate in Hamilton. I am an executive board member uh, for Service Employees International Union Healthcare. I'm a nurse by profession. I, our union is a Ontario-wide local union serving 60,000 healthcare workers. I currently sit on as a Region 5. I represent Hamilton Halton. I also sit uh, executive vice president for the Hamilton Community Benefits Network. I also sit as a member, I sit on the Ontario Federation of Labor of Human Rights Committee. And I also have done a lot of organizing with the Hamilton District Labor Council and doing a lot of community outreach, such as street festivals, like community fairs, town halls. And, and I certainly take a lot of interest in our women's equity work group. And I also sit on as a member, a board member of the United Way, Halton Hamilton. What are your priorities for improving public education in Hamilton? My priorities are ensuring that our schools are safe, equitable, and serve as a community focal point in Ward 6. So for instance, in Ward 6, schools have tens of millions of dollars in deferred maintenance. And much of this work has been put off for way too long, and we need advocacy at the board and provincial levels to make sure this happens. Another safety issue is there's way too much violence in schools. 
not only student to student, but also student to staff. I know that the staffing numbers are below adequate for the amount of students on record with histories of violent incidents. So if we can't convince the provincial government that student and staff safety is paramount, we need to come up with some kind of creative solutions to allow them to return home from injury every day. The violence I can correlate with my own experience as a nurse, especially a nurse in long-term care, where we certainly have a lot of violence in our workplace. And I can certainly understand how, not that I'm speaking on behalf of education workers, but I can certainly understand what they're going through. Another thing is important to me is about equity. While it's been a common practice for the education community to say that, you know, we're all equal, but it really is, it's a statement that's unfair, especially to those uh, racialized students who face systemic barriers every day. So we need to be able to equip all the members of our school community with anti-racism and anti-oppression strategies that promote the uniqueness of our students and allows them opportunities to succeed. So we need to have training for even right down, not just from the top down, but from the bottom up, even from, you know, parent councils and school councils. You know, we need to have all kinds of anti-racism and anti-oppression strategies in education. And I'm really hopeful that with the new human rights officer that the school board has hired, that there's going to be some good things coming out of there. And the last thing, finally, is community hubs. I think we need to look at the surplus spaces across the board as an opportunity rather than a determinant. So if our schools are truly to become community hubs, which I believe that schools are the lifeblood of a neighborhood. So we need to allow for opportunities to develop partnerships with other community organizations to eliminate surplus spaces through productive uses. So these relationships will reduce the surplus spaces and reduce the need for school closures before building in newer and developing areas. So such as why not use the schools instead of the school just sitting there empty throughout the summers and after three o'clock and the kids have gone, why not use them for childcare spaces? spaces and before and after school programs, different groups that are always looking for spaces. What are three skills that you've demonstrated that make you the best choice to represent Hamiltonians on the school board? I'm a long-term community organizer and who can bring people together to find common goals and get things done. I, like I said, I'm a mom of six kids and a long-term care nurse, primarily working in Alzheimer's and dementia. So I'm used to juggling many things, and you have to be organized and responsive. I also have strong advocacy skills that I've built via through my work in the community and which will make me an effective advocate for students and parents. Since 1997, many have reasonably argued that school board trustees merely exist to provide someone for local parents to blame for provincial decisions. Do you agree or disagree with this? Why or why not? That's a good question. I acknowledge that the job of trustees have become more and more difficult as the government has shifted a lot of the aspects of education to provincial control. But I do believe that trustees still serve an important role in our communities. We represent, I believe, or I like to think that we represent democracy in in the education system, even if it's imperfect. And they're still able to influence many decisions at the local level. So I think trustees should be representative of the the community, the effective use of government funding to best serve the residents of Hamilton and Ward 6 shouldn't be left to some bureaucrat in Toronto. Our community deserves advocates who can ensure Hamilton-made approaches to best serve our students and, and our families. And, you know, when we look at another province who wiped away school board trustees, I mean, that, you know, that could be easily be done here, too, with the swipe of a pen. And hopefully that won't be the case. What two changes do you wish to achieve during your four-year term on the board? This was, uh, you know, when I I saw this question, this was a good question, you know, because it really made me have to think. First, working on ensuring all board staff and administration and school councils and trustees 
receive some form of ongoing anti-racism, anti-oppression training. So when those involved in the education can identify and help to remove those systemic barriers that are in place for racialized and other at-risk students, we may not be able to quantify the effects in numbers, but I'm hoping it'll result in kind of happier, more actualized students. I think secondly, which is very near and dear to me, because I have a child that goes to Sherwood Secondary School, is uh, working with the community to come up for a long-term solution for specifically for that school, that high school, that allows families to feel secure about the future of that school. About four years ago, the community rallied to fight off closure of Sherwood, and it was a really great grassroots movement that occurred. And but now they're they're left. It's a school that's left with that has tens of millions of dollars in deferred repairs. So that can't be done. Like these repairs just can't be done within two months of during the summer break. And so the students and the families of Sherwood, I think, really deserve a heck of a lot better. And so while I can't, I myself can't personally guarantee, or any other, I would think trustee can't guarantee what the final result will be. I can say that I will certainly try to advocate with my community for a safer, a safer Sherwood because I want my daughters to, to go there. It's 2022. The public record is writing an assessment of your performance during the past four years. What three words would you hope describe your term on the board? Well, I hope that the public record would think that I had tenacity and integrity and definitely advocacy. Politics is the art of allocating limited resources and compromising to find solutions. How will you manage a staff recommendation to close a school in Ward 6, which staff states will enable the board to provide a better quality of education across the system? Okay, so absolutely on record, I am opposed to school closures. I think that we need to be very creative uh, in when we think about school closures to not close them. I certainly would consider the evidence that the staff puts out, but to me, it's, it is just a recommendation. I would mostly consider the needs of the ward, and quite frankly, staff may not even have the ability to consider in their positions at the board office. So their role is often to find the fiscal solution. Mine is about to more or less find the community solution. So, for example, would a school or a program closure mean that students in a ward would have to travel to some long distance to get to the new school? Would this be a barrier for less privileged families? And is it possible to have community groups come in and share the space so this, so that school can remain viable and become an important community focal point? Like I said, I believe that schools are the neighborhoods, the lifeblood of a neighborhood. So I think there's a lot of things that we need to think about before closing a school. And if I ultimately decided that such a closure would be too great of a negative impact on the ward, especially from a person or a perspective of educational equity, I'd rather work the community to lobby for alternatives. I'd rather do that. The school board's relationship with Hamilton City Council has had its ups and its downs. How do you plan to work with City Council during the next four years? I think it's important that trustees build relationship with city council so that we can build a collective vision for the city. I mean, we can't work in silos where they work there and we work here. So I'm going to be reaching out to whoever the ward councillor is for Ward 6 and build from there. I think I, well, I certainly feel that the city decision will impact education in the community or alternatively, a school board decision should take into account input from the city. I certainly won't be afraid to reach out in order to express my views or gather the views of others. In fact, I've been very fortunate that in a lot of my community work that I do, that I already have built a lot of relationships, whether it's positive or negative, but I've built a lot of relationships already with current counselors. 
that's the end of the prepared questions you were sent in advance. Do you have any closing remarks you wish to share? Well, I'd like to just say thank you for letting me come on the podcast. I'd like to let Ward 6 constituents know that I'm committed and I'll be a certainly committed and responsive trustee. I will not only attend the meetings, but be their active voice fighting for safe and inclusive schools. And no matter what, even if it's not on the agenda or of the provincial government of the day, want the ward to know that I'm here to work for them and be their community advocate. Thank you for joining us today. I want to thank the Terry Berry branch of the Public Library for providing the sound studio where we recorded this. This has been episode 39 of the Public Records, the 155 podcast. The Public Record is Hamilton's local, independent, reader-funded news outlet. This podcast is made possible by members of the Public Records Press Club. Visit thepublicrecord.ca to learn more and listen to all episodes of the 155 podcast. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed. The Public Record is a member of the National News Media Council, a voluntary self-regulatory organization that deals with journalistic practices and ethical behavior. To learn more about the Media Council, visit the Media Council at mediacouncil.ca. Thank you for listening. See you at the polls on October 22nd.